mind you saying that, you know, like I read a meme the other night. It said, you know, they say it takes, <laughs> takes a village to raise a child with special needs. Is there a number to call or something? Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. There's, because there's the village. It well, makes me village. sad, though. It does make me sad because it's not that my family don't want to help with Oscar. Like, they yeah. can't meet his needs. Yeah. He would not be safe in their care because they, yeah. as much as they love him and they do their best to understand him, they don't have the need. They don't have the the right skills this to, is, to meet um, his needs. He wouldn't mine. be safe in their care. He wouldn't be. I would never, ever put that on my parents because no. as much as they would love to come and pick Oscar up in the car and take him out or take him for a walk or have him around their house, it's actually physically not safe to do that because he doesn't feel safe in their care. You know, like mm. I don't think sometimes he feels safe in mine because he absconds. So yeah. if he's not safe with me and he makes those really reactive, quick decisions to just run off, how can my mum keep him safe? I would never put her in that position. Yeah. And so then no. social workers and stuff are going, have you got a support network? Uh, you always get that don't you and then I feel like I'm getting the violins out and I also feel a bit guilty because it feels like I'm slagging my family off but I'm not not. you shouldn't feel bad like my mum won't my mum won't take Tommy out without my stepdad my nan bless her won't take him out unless there's like me and my mum or me and Dave with um her because Tommy Mm. outweighs most of us it's only my stepdad that can keep up with him so if they because they live down in New Romney so in the evenings, they might go down to Great Stone Beach, but they'll wait until it's really quiet. But I say to my mum, you can't, I love you to pieces, but you cannot take Tommy on your own. Me and you can't go, because if he runs, which he does, and he goes straight for the sea and he don't stop, I can't keep up with him, you can't. Yeah. Um, but it's like my my mum will do a lot indoors, with if, if that makes sense, or like she'd take him down to hers and do a lot. But going out... It has to be, my stepdad has to be there. Yeah. Oscar Oscar can't even go around my mum's house. No. Because he'd just go to her front door and go outside. He don't want to be there. They just choose not to help. (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying we have an abundance of offers, but I think why we don't have offers is because of how Oscar presents, because he's a very spiky um, profile. You yeah, know, I remember when um oh it's not easy looking after a kid like no, that because he's no. quite resistant. No. I remember yeah. when Brody was around how old was I when I left my last job? Around two. Obviously, I've been self-employed since he was around, I don't know, three. Um, and I remember trying to explain to people that the only person that can have my son on her own is my mum. No one else other than obviously me and Dean can have Brody on their own without one of us there. And they were like, what, you got no one? And I was like, I have no one. What part of yeah, there is no so one? annoying, isn't it? Are you not getting Like, it? people can't quite grasp it no, when no, you say it. It's all right for you because, yeah. you, look, I worked with people that would, like, literally, like, their 80-year-old grandmother and their 80-year-old mum mm-hmm. would be looking after their kids, and I couldn't even fucking phantom that. Mm-hmm. And because he's everywhere. And, you know, like, my mum's great with him, but she can't do a lot on her own with him because for the same reasons, if Brody legs it, she can't keep up. My sister and her partner are amazing with him and he's absolutely obsessed with them. But there's only so much they can do. Like, they might have him for a couple of hours or they might be able to help for a bit. Like, obviously, I get married in Fort, like, in a couple of weeks. Ooh. And <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. 
and um, <laughs> honestly like my head in a minute um and they're both taking time off work to help my mum with him so we can go away for two nights yeah but I go yeah. on a home it's like it, I how it, am I gonna leave him for a week there's no, no fucking no. way um, it's funny in it though because like when I had my other two because I've had like two parenting journeys yeah so I had like the 2.4 kids that hit all their targets that did everything that ate everything that mm-hmm. slept all night I've had weekends where I drop my kids to my mum's on a Friday and pick them up on a Sunday or say, mum, we want to go out. You know, I was younger then. I'm 47 this year. But I've had nights where we went out on a bender. We went out of our mates, all of that. I haven't wanted to do that of Oscar, which is no. good. because like, We haven't actually had one single night out in 10 years. But no. but I've had all of that because I've had two different parenting journeys. Yeah. So, when yeah. I had the two, when I had my other two, when I was having Oscar, I was 35. My kids stayed with my mum and dad for a week. I didn't see them. Yeah. I went in to be induced on the Monday. I didn't have Oscar till the Friday. And then my mum was like, oh, I'll keep them till like Monday and then go to school. And my kids were used to going to my mum and dad all the time. So yeah. when I think Oscar's never, ever stayed overnight there, it's weird. Because yeah. my other two kids had their own bedroom at my mum's. <laughs> different routine at my mum's and they didn't bat an eyelid about going to nanny's mm-hmm. no but then so when Oscar was bat a baby, an going to my mum's at all like he loves going to nanny's house he's obsessed and he'll stay there for a night but like when my mum has him for my honeymoon that's gonna be the longest she's ever had him yeah she'll be on her toes won't she she will be... be like she can't even have a like she can't even have a shower like if it's just her and him she panics and won't have a shower and then it's like the most she'll kind of do with him on her own is go to the park, even though she has taken him swimming once when I had COVID and he was literally climbing the walls and I thought I was going to die. I was like, please just take him swimming. So she comes and took him swimming and he was fine, but it's not a regular thing. Like my dad, bless it. Like my dad loves Brody and he, but he's, he's even said it. He's like, I wouldn't feel safe. No, like, that's the thing in it. I think my that... child's needs uh, far exceed the capabilities of who's offering. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's not slagging anyone off. It's not, you know, the truth is my dad would love to have my, you know, Brody come around and, you know, he'd love to have him around for sleepovers and like Brody loves his granddad. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he'd love to take him to football, like to the football and, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. Like my brother always said, like when I told him I was having a boy, he was like, oh, wicked, I can take him to Cholton. And even not long ago, he's like, that ain't going to happen, is it? I was like, probably not. Like, I'd have to be there. Even though... Charlton have a really good send. Um, some time as well. It's yeah, lovely. give it time. Five-year-olds yeah. are hard work anyway. Do you know? Just give him some time. Yeah, Honestly. that's it. But I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like you're saying, you have the two different parenting journeys. I think because this is my only parenting journey. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot, it's isn't hard. it? Like, you feel I've had like... the same one twice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, three times. <laughs> I made it three times. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just the same. It's like Grandma Pay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But you feel like you're grieving a bit, don't you? Like, yeah. I don't know because Tommy's my only child. Yeah. He will be my only child. Yeah. And I wouldn't change him for the world. I'd take his struggles away in a heartbeat, but I wouldn't yeah. change him for the world. But then, I think I would have loved. It's hard as well because of how Tommy was when he was really little with that reaction. I didn't trust anyone. That was it. There was no way he was staying overnight anywhere and things like that. But I think I will never get this again. Yeah. It sounds really selfish, but I think... No, it's not. People do with their kids. And I know Tommy's different, but I look and I think 
some of those things he's probably never going to do, which is, which is fine. But it's almost like you feel like you've never got another shot. And are you going to have more? Yeah. Are you going to have more no. kids, Danielle? No. No. See, the thing is, the what the way I would reframe that, because I'm a big reframer, mm. right? I've had kids that have met all their targets and done everything when they should have done and generically like things when they should have done, you know, certain ages like Thomas, then they move on to saying earth and then move, you know, and it's almost like a textbook. It is a bit boring. It's better to have kids that have got instructions that have been ripped up, stuck together, put in the wrong order, and you think, oh my God. My kid's Chinese and I don't speak Chinese. Because yeah. when, when Oscar was a baby, I used to feel like I was looking after someone else's baby that didn't speak mm. my language, that didn't like me. Mm. Right? That's how I used to feel. Because I used to feel like sometimes I was looking after a child that wasn't mine because mm. there, there wasn't really any way that I could let him know that it was all right. He was just really mm. panicked and in a mess all the time and he didn't want me near him and he'd attack me and try and rip my hair out and throw things at me and bite me and he just was trying to it was almost like I was a stranger trying to take him away that was yeah. like trying to even just feed him he would fight me he didn't want me right so when I often think Danielle you know oh god you know he's 10 he's never going to do this he's never going to do that like his brother and all the rest of it but what you have to do think is there are certain things that you do with Tommy that you wouldn't do if he wasn't yeah. the way he was. Yeah. And they're really special. Like, I am quite smug about that. I'm going to get my Christmases forever. Oscar's yeah. going to need me forever because the parenting journey is over very quickly. Yeah. I struggled really badly. All is 22. She doesn't live at home anymore. That does not sit right with me because the last time I blinked, she was nine, kicking mm -hmm. yeah. off his barks because she wanted the shoe with the key in the heel and I weren't mm -hmm. buying them. It goes really quickly. And I think it isn't about what children generically do. No. I don't think it is. I think it's about, for me, having the two parenting journeys, I often feel guilty because I think I didn't enjoy some of the smaller things with Orla and Lorcan enough. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely enjoying all the smaller things with Oscar now because he don't give me a choice. We have to do a jigsaw puzzle 25 times. We have to do certain drawings every day in the yeah, same way. Like I'll tell you, I've got Elmer the elephant at the minute that we have to draw, and then I have to colour it in, and then Dean has to colour it in, and they have to do that at school as well. And even today, they're like, you know, he won't colour, and I'm like... They colour Elmer in. Give him Elmer. Oh, he he also won't have colour on anything. You go, do you want to do some drawing, mate? And he opens his desk, and it's really cute. In my kitchen... Uh, Brendan and I went to the same primary school and we used to have oak, really old-fashioned desks. Mm. When they were ripping out my old primary school, they were giving them away outside and we've actually got one of the desks that we used to sit at when we wow. were younger oh, in my kitchen. <laughs> and he's got all his art stuff in it. I did have a look. It wasn't the one that my friend Jess drew a penis on when we were in year <laughs> six, but I was hoping to get that one because we went to a convent. It was like a really big, oh my God. Um, so he'll open his desk and he gets his paper out. And as you get the paper out, he shouts out, just biros. And he will only do drawing with a bloody biro. <laughs> And yes, then he draws, it's really annoying because he draws and then he gets his finger and he rubs it. So he's always got black fingerprints. Oh. He won't have no Crayolas or colours. Yeah. Pen drawn. And then he... 
yeah, Pendron. And, but um, I don't know about your guys, but Oscar goes through like stages. So yeah. like he'll go for a stage where he'll play with Play-Doh only yeah. over, yeah. over, over yeah. again, yeah. everywhere, all over my yeah. But like 20 million sets of Play-Doh. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say and, as well, what you, what, sorry, Daniel was saying earlier about the morning. Yeah. Um, from my point of view, because I, I literally, when you were speaking, it, I felt like I'd said those words so many times. Like I wouldn't change my kids for the world. Absolutely adore them. I would take away their struggles in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And I did go through that stage where I did mourn the children I expected to have. Yeah. So like before Chase was born, I was pregnant and I used to say, he's only going to eat really healthy food. <laughs> that was me. All these languages, <laughs> and all of these, you know, <laughs> special musical instruments and he's gonna learn how to do um a martial art and you know they're really silly things yeah and yet when he was born he was under a dietitian because he wouldn't eat anything up until a certain age he couldn't speak so he definitely weren't going to speak several languages he's dyspraxic so he struggles with musical instruments and so on and so forth and i did mourn the child that i expected to have but as time has gone on he has far exceeded this child that I thought I wanted to have. And he is amazing. He plays an instrument. It's not necessarily the piano or the guitar, which we expected. Mm -hmm. He plays the drums because he finds it easier to play the drums. Mm -hmm. I took him to football club and he didn't last because he struggles to play football because of his dyspraxia and his coordination. He now plays basketball instead. He, yeah, he was very delayed in his speech, but now he is talking and he's managed to catch up and there are areas that he struggles, but we find our way through them. And yeah. so try not to think that this is it because your child's mm -hmm. going to, you know, meet a new milestone and you're going to celebrate even more than, as Kelly said, the parents who follow that regimented timetable in the red book where they meet those mm -hmm. particular milestones and you're going to really notice it and appreciate it. And yeah. I don't think it's wrong, though, is it? I no. don't think it's wrong to sit and think. I know we all beat ourselves up and we, we make ourselves guilty about it. But I don't think it's wrong to sit and think, I wonder who they would be. I wonder what they would yeah. be. Yeah, they, they wouldn't be. That would be a completely different child. Yeah. 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 Exactly. To be honest, I think Oscar would be a little bit of a little shit because if you think okay. about it, his older sister's 22, his brother's 16. Um, I think he would be a little bit of an entitled, you know, we travel quite a lot. We've got a nice garden. I yeah. think he would be a little bit of an entitled, annoying brat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think, you know, hot tub in the garden, two dogs, toys in abundance, I think he'd be annoying. I like the innocent side of Oscar. That's mm. every morning, like this morning, he woke up and it could have been Christmas morning. He was that excited. He didn't know why. Nothing news happening in the house. It's just Tuesday. <laughs> he was in such a good mood. He was oh, regulated. He was ready for the day. Mm. And I said to Lorcan, you know, there's beauty in that. You know, teenagers. Yeah can't get up everything's crap he's got to go to school you know having a moan and I just said you know what he's just woken up and everything is just right and I think there's a real beauty in that so I'm not sure I'd like normal 10 year old Oscar because no. I remember Lorcan at 10 and they are annoying, <laughs> <laughs> they no, are annoying. I feel like yeah. Chase has turned into the young man that I wanted him to be I think that's in many ways the, yeah yeah because like 
that little boy, if anything, he's better than the boy I wanted. Do you know what I mean? Because of the journey he's been on that has crafted him and made him the person he is now because he's had to go about life in a different way and because of how we've had to parent him, I do feel like that has made him kinder and have more empathy and he understands Mm -hmm. not just living in this box and ignorant to, you know, the struggles that people have in the world. So... I feel like my point is like, it, you Charlotte? guys, kids are so, so again, Kelly? He's got a lived experience of what it's yeah. like. To yes. that, is, that is a part of his journey. And mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm actually happier with who he is than the, the, the child I kind of envisioned, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. my, I think my, my point is that at Brody's age, at Tommy's age, he was in a very similar situation he was non-verbal he was struggling he was behind with it he wasn't meeting his milestones he was really struggling so don't like just try and keep the faith of it maybe that's yeah. the right words to use or like keep that determination keep on fighting the good fight because it can pay off um I know obviously all of our kids are different and all of our kids are individual and sometimes it may not but at the same time maybe just try and Keep that pot that optimism. Don't mm-hmm. feel like I mean, obviously Amber earlier you getting really upset and you say you feel like you failed in certain areas. You haven't. You've done amazing. Do you know what I, mean? no, I just think as well, guys, they're babies yet. Give them time yeah, to grow. They're still so young. Give them time to grow. They're babies yet. You know, like I I used to think Oscar wouldn't really achieve many targets. We I was just happy to get to the end of the day with all my teeth. And <laughs> in the last year. He has blown me away. And it's because we removed the demands and we stopped setting the bloody targets. Yeah. Just let him grow into, you know, in the last year, he's gained all his weight back. Obviously, a year ago, he nearly died from the ARFID relapse. In the last year, he's gained all his weight back and he's now dry in boxes all the time. Amazing. Not something a year ago that I was would ever have put and it's not something that I forced. Uh-huh. I just think, you know, if you think about birth to now and how amazing they are and, and, and how much they've done and think about the next yeah. five years to be even more. But I don't think it's bad to think about who they would be. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah, I've never sat there and thought, oh, who would he be? Because like we were mm-hmm. saying, I think sometimes there's a misconception that autism is there's the normal person and then there's the mm-hmm. autism stuck on top. You can't separate them out. And if you, you separate, right. there would be a normal child underneath or a normal yeah. adult. Like yeah. there's no medication that I could take that would remove the yeah. autism. Yeah, yeah. 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 I get that. Yeah. But I so do I, think yeah. it's when children have comor- comorbid stuff though, because <laughs> for me, the way I identify Oscar's autism is it's his skills, it's his barriers, it's his yeah. challenges. And then him is personality, yeah. mm-hmm. is who he is. But yeah. when you are dealing with other things like learning disability, pathological demand avoidance, mm-hmm. and all of those things that do ADHD, they do impact your personality. But the autism side of it, I definitely, you know, if someone said to me, could I take that away from Oscar? I'd say certainly not because he no. wouldn't be Oscar. No. Everybody's an individual, even like yeah. neurotypical people. They have, mm-hmm. you have personalities, you have certain, you know, ways people are. You have the outside world that influences people. It's not just you're autistic, mm-hmm. you're not. Yeah. That's not how it works. 
We'll but I would take feel, away, right? I 100% would take away the challenging behaviour. Mm. Oscar does yeah. have extremely challenging behaviour and at points is quite hard to like when he's being like that. Yeah. You know, that's not autism. That's not ADHD. That is something, you know, when a child has deliberate, challenging behavior mm-hmm. and they want to smash you in the face because they feel like it, it's mm-hmm. really hard to parent a child like that. And you do have to separate out. And I think this is where the term parent carer comes in because mm-hmm. I've been having that. But I do see that side of it because there are are elements of that that are parenting but then there are also elements of that that are caring Mm. you know because not just because you're someone's parent doesn't mean that you you should have to you know deal with smearing or someone hurting you or you know they're the they're the parts that you could easily remove still have your child and and have a nice Mm. journey but so for me I think there are some elements of Oscar's care due to the challenging behavior that are that are a carer's role yeah, definitely. No, absolutely. But I do think my other two children are so much better people for having a brother that mm-hmm. has those challenges because Orla became a young carer at 11, Oscar uh, Lorcan was six. So they haven't had a completely mm-hmm. free childhood mm-hmm. because they've had those restraints and barriers and, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. And, you know, probably very stressed parents mm-hmm. at points when we've been unsupported. Um, but I think we do put too much pressure on ourselves, even with children with complex multiple needs. I think that we put pressure on ourselves that our children have to fit a form and, you know, meet a target or sit in a certain lane. So you just celebrate who they are. They're all great kids. I think this is more kind of what I'm trying to say. Like, I wouldn't change him and I've got no wish to change him. And... I'm we don't have any demands around his schooling like even when the teacher earlier was like oh you know he's not doing this not doing that I was like we don't put pressure on him and I'm not going to start now like I don't sit with him if he wants to get a book out and we read it great if he doesn't fine you know if he wants to sit and do writing great if he doesn't fine like do you know what I mean I don't put any pressure on him and to be fair they're Mm. in agreement with me which is good um I think it's more I feel I kind of understood what Dan was saying because it's your only child and you're not going to yeah. have any more children. One, I feel kind of robbed because it's not Brody, it's not my child, it's the systems that surround us. If there was support in place and mm. if there was, you know, I could take my son to any club and there was support. If I could take my son to school, drop him, know he's going to be okay and pick him up, I would have 10 kids. I would have 10 autistic kids. I literally would not care. I'd pro- I wouldn't even know what to do with a neurotypical child, to be quite honest. Lovely. Wow. Like, such a lovely little boy. Yeah, 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 he is. Uh, I'll yeah. talk to him. Like, he's funny, he's, you know, loving, he's kind, he's caring. Like, he worries about people. Like, you know, like, earlier one of his friends was crying. He was like, why is she crying? Like, he was so like, you know, is she okay? Like, you know, he, he worries about, he cares about people. But if the support was in place, I would have more. But, like, fuck, am I doing this again? That's no, my thing. That's I'm so horrible that you should feel like that. Because so, tra- I actually feel like I'm so traumatized by, mm. um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I feel like I'm so traumatized by like the lack of fucking support yeah. and how things have been with school and how things have been with the system and how things have been with everything that I just think I'm not, I'm not doing it again. I'm not going to bring another child into this world who 
more than likely will be the same because mm -hmm. let's face it we've got genetics on both sides Systems. yeah everyone's like oh you know that might not happen no it might not happen but the likelihood is it will, it probably will. And, I, and i think it would be personally for me and this isn't a judgment on anyone obviously corinne you got free this is mm -hmm. not judgment at all and everyone has to do what they want to do i personally would feel i would be responsible because i know my bandwidth wouldn't be mm -hmm. able to do it and mm -hmm. we, don't have, we don't have we don't have village we don't have the village. If I had, you know, my mum next door or my mum up the road and he could go there whenever and, you know, I had abundance of fucking help, then, yeah, maybe. I haven't even got my in-laws here. Mm -hmm. Do you know, do you know the up. worst part of that, Amber, that you said, though? Yeah. He is the loveliest little boy. Even the other day, hello, mummy's friend. Yeah. He's so sweet. He's so caring. He's happy. These are the kind of things that we shouldn't be encouraging our mm. children to be like these yeah. are the you should be celebrated yeah. for being such a nice child yeah and then they should be focused on that whilst helping him in the areas that he struggles yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing i don't yeah. feel like anyone no. sees him the way that like i see him and like you guys see him and the no, people should know him. Him. i don't think exactly. like it's because that. you're not getting the support and that's the thing because i felt exactly Obviously, you can't feel exactly the same with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I get that. You, you I was very like much that. where you were this time last year because the ONA weren't supporting Tommy. And you almost feel robbed as well. So for me, I wouldn't know what to do with a neurotypical child. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm never going to get that first day of school back. I'm never going to get That's those reception years back. This is what I've said um, to the school. I've said this you too. Can't, you, yeah, you're not seeing his good points. All you're doing is focusing on his negatives. Now, I understand to a degree for certain things, EHCP, DLA, this, that, yeah, and the other, yeah, yeah. that's got to be done. Mm -hmm. But not only are you not focusing on anything he is capable of doing, you're placing limits on him because you're not supporting him. And I think, well, how it comes across to me, and I could have read it completely wrong, is you feel so guilty because you feel it's your fault that Brody's in this situation and it's not. The school have failed you, KCC have failed you, speech and language have failed you. But what, because it's very easy for them and it's the best thing for them to do to pile on and say, not our problem, it's your son, it's Brody. Brody's this, we had it with Tommy. It's because Tommy won't do this. It's because of your parenting. And you feel like, this was my one shot. You want to be a mum more than anything in the world. You know this is your one and only, so you put everything into your child, whether they were neurotypical or neurodivergent, yeah. you would have done the same. But everybody's beating your child down, and you think, I'm never going to get this back. And I think for us as well, because of how we've had to go through the system and the fight that we've had and still got it's very rare you get to enjoy any of that time. Yeah. I feel from when Tommy pretty much was in the last six months of nursery up until probably only a couple of months ago, I haven't really been able to enjoy any of that time. Then I feel guilty because I feel I haven't spent enough time with him. Yeah. I feel that I've been too stressed. And then you feel like a bad mom yeah. and it perpetuates and it goes around in that circle. All the while you're trying to do best for Brady and I'm trying to do best for Tommy. You've got a system that places limits on them because they can't be bothered. Yeah. Because it's just like, we kids autistic. What difference are they going to make yeah. in the world? I had it from um, Jill Vinyl at KCC. She told me, why, why are you fighting? 
why are you fighting for Tommy to get an EHCP? Yeah. Because it's his right and because, you know, without that, he, he won't be able to learn in any setting. Well, when he's 16, he's going to have to go into the big world. He's not going to get support. I said he will. Well, because I'm actually, sure he doesn't it. take until they're 25. No, and she just said, well, yep. he's going to grow up and be an adult. So How about we best get used to then? it. Yeah, but her attitude is get used to it because he's going to be a drain on taxpayers' money. That's and that's very much KCC's Ken, disgusting. Ken, oh, it's disgusting. What they're not doing is they're not supporting your children make those right. core memories but they're also very narcissistic because they're not supporting parents to do it either yeah. and they're making you feel guilty about it it's you abusive i grew up on a fucking house estate uh the other side of bromley so bromley's a weird area because it's kind of kent it's kind of london but the other side of bromley you've got like catford and, in, and you've got areas in between like grove park and like downham so I grew up in Grove Park, for anyone that's listening, that kind of knows South East London. And I lived opposite um, the school there. And I went to the school there that had an SRP. That is one of the top fucking rated SRPs yeah. in the country. And I fucking moved thinking I was doing the right thing. Like we exactly. moved as a family. My mum went like to move area. I'd like to move to there. somewhere like New Zealand. Or somewhere like that. No, you can't, we can't move, babe. You know, we can't move to New Zealand. Why? How autistic people to move to New Zealand? Are you crazy? Well, I will lie. Do you guys not know that? No. 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 If you've That's got an adult right. diagnosis of, of autism, they will not, you cannot immigrate to New Zealand. And say if you're an immigrant, so say if I was neurotypical or I wasn't That's diagnosed autistic. On my, my life, look it up. Um, there was a case not long ago of a family who immigrated from England or America, I can't remember where it was. They immigrated to New Zealand. Their daughter had very severe autism and like learning difficulties. They were trying to deport the five-year-old. They wanted to deport the five-year-old. Oh, fuck them. I ain't moving there. They sound like arseholes. No, they're... they're oh. I'm sorry. Excuse me, I'm going to have to beat that. Um, when it comes to autism, I don't know what their stance is on ADHD. That is why... That's so terrible. Adults not get a diagnosis when they self-diagnose, and self-diagnosis is valid. This is one of the many reasons because, and it's not the only country. There's, um, I think Australia have got pretty shady thing on it. South mm. Africa, um, parts of America, it's I'm very thinking. very hard. Mm -hmm. France, they won't have it. France have got like oh, no. no. France, Emma, well, it's funny you should say that because. Uh, when Oscar was a baby, he had a very serious head injury, which I've obviously yes. spoken about before, but that mm -hmm. happened in France. Um, and I, up until that point, I'd always kind of had my eye on Brendan's parents' house in France because it's in Bordeaux. It's got a lovely big garden and literally in the village, it's literally got like a pub and a baker's. It's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, I started to find out a little bit about French people. I don't want to move there. They have institutions still in France yeah. for autistic yeah. very, there's um, no, very like, like, right I don't now. know about um yeah. well for other countries like obviously I I have a lot of um South Asian followers and I've had lots of conversations with, in my DMs and things and so many have said like their homeland doesn't even have a word their language doesn't have a word for autism no and um, I've just recently been to Egypt as you know and it's not recognized as a diagnosis at all and neither no. is disability so no. in the airport you just met with a man with a machine gun and he took Oscar away 
and the women get checked by a woman and the men get checked by a man and they took Oscar out of his buggy, took his iPad off him, put his buggy through the machine, checked him by security guard with machine gun and let him walk into the airport on his own. We never had that. We had special assistants. They pushed the kids in wheelchairs. What, in not at the airport, not in the airport I was in. Uh -huh. I must admit, when we went to we went Tenerife and they were amazing. Yeah, yeah they were really good Tenerife in Egypt. They literally willed the kids. I think they used the their niceness up on you, Charlotte, because we didn't have that. <laughs> that's crazy. Because they literally, when we came off the plane, they met us, took us through security like VIPs, skipped all the queues, took us, even got our visas for us. And on the way back, as we got there, they were waiting at the gate. And I, again, had to, I had through. to jump the queue. We got to Egypt really late at night. The queue was hours long. <gasps> and I, I showed them my lanyard and I went special assistance. And the bloke went, no, get to the back. This is shut. And I literally, bold as brass, walked to the front of the queue. Brennan was going, stop it, stop it. I was like, no. I'm waiting here all night. We're going now. I got to the front of the queue and I literally went to the bloke, please. And he went, come on. And everyone in the queue was moaning. But oh. we've been what there the like hell? three hours. Oh no, we yeah. had we had special assistants there and back, and they were waiting for us at okay. the gate. Unless you have to book that, but it wasn't available. No, no I don't. Well, obviously we had our lady who did all the booking for us, and she yeah, no, we didn't. See, I did my usual, Charlotte. I booked my hotel separate and my flight separate, and I just did you it had your hot tub on the balcony. <laughs> I did it all but no, I don't want to move to France. I've also been to America and they have behaviour hospitals, which are very close yeah. environments right. that the children go to. And They're that's very ABA. Horrible videos of adults hurting children and all of that secret videos. Remember, you see them on uh, the bump. Uh, we should all just move to adults. London and live in peace and harmony. I know it's not bad. Honestly, I think... I know we slag Kent off. I do think the UK is one of the most progressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're lucky where we are. 100%. In, terms of, mm -hmm. in terms of supports that are offered countrywide and projects and the amount of peer support that's growing and, and training that's available. But yeah, Kent, <laughs> Kent is the bum hole of Britain because there's three times there's three times the amount of same kids in Kent than there is I in always thought Kent Kent was posh. Uh, Kent, no, Kent's, Kent's not posh. This is the problem though, it's Tory land. That's the yes. problem. When you've yeah. got yeah. areas that are <laughs> multicultural, um, they're run by Labour or Lib Dem or whatever, and they they have to be inclusive because there's so many different diversities. Mm. When you've got areas like this, like where I am, um it's a very white middle class area everyone's flipping tory like not everyone but like the older ones are and there is a generic attitude i mean on the whole we've never had any issues in this village it's a very close-knit village everyone's nice and we've never had any issues and i mean he's kicked off in multiple shops the the shop around here know us the amount of times he's walked out with free sweets out of our local shop because he's kicked off and they're like, oh, don't worry. PayPal, yeah. And I've actually gone back like a day later and paid for like an ice cream and things because like <laughs> he's kicked off and whatever. Um, there was a day that Dean had accidentally taken my bank card, not accidentally, he'd used my bank card for something and then not put it back. And my phone had died, so I didn't have my Apple Pay. And he was going absolutely mental and they were like, honestly, he can have it, it's fine. So like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, whereas the mine would call the cops on me and get me Yeah, arrested. yeah, yeah. So in some ways, <laughs> we've had, like, a really positive experience. Um, 
but in other ways, like my local swimming baths are really good. Um, he like both my local ones. Like I've gone in, just said I'm a carer. They've not asked for any proof. Like I mean, they obviously yeah. they've seen it. And you know, we've gone in. Everything's been fine. I've got an arrangement with my local swimming baths because like, you can't book online. It's one of them ones where you just turn up. So mm-hmm. they're just like, no, ring ahead. Like tell us who you are, and like we'll put you down so we don't have a queue, which is amazing. <laughs> So in some ways we've had a really positive experience, but in others, it's just been, it just like, and this is what my mum always says, like, there's always an obstacle. And when I was growing up, obviously I was diagnosed in 1996. So I was a diagnosed kid. I was non-verbal until I was six. And my mum never had any, any of this, what we have. It was just, she's, she's never even, she never even filled out a form for me. Everyone like, she just went, oh, this is my daughter, this is her needs. And the council did everything. And this was Bromley. I had that yeah. experience with Chase. Yeah. No, but Bromley, Pretty much the same with Remy. We're amazing. Now they're one of the worst boroughs. Yeah, see, like where we are, I think that the difference between different boroughs and where we are, if you go to a different borough, you might be the minority and it might yeah. be an absolute pleasure to put those things in place for you. Where we live, we're a fucking pain in the arse because yeah. the woman... We're another them. one, yeah. Yeah. That's where that disgusting attitude belongs in the councils. Yeah. How are we going to stop How is it in Grimsby? How are there so oh, many? Right. You've been really oh. oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> not good. I want to say they're as bad as Kent, but we're like... Grimsby's are very much like you were saying, Amber. It's very, we're very like a lot of white people around there. It's very, you feel like you're back in the seventies because it's like everyone's got them views and stuff. So that's really difficult. But there are so many sen kids. Um, I think we've got like a really high rate of children with sen needs in Grimsby as well. Uh, but it's just there's no need. What? Why is no support? But why do you guys? Why has it all gone up so much in the last few years? Because early, well, what they done was, um, I was told when Oscar was uh, very small, it was concentrating on early intervention, early diagnosis. Mm. He, you know, he's the same age as Chase. Chase was diagnosed, wasn't he? Very young. So was Oscar. Oscar was diagnosed. So was Caleb. Chase was too. Um, and they really rolled it out, and so now services, you see are flooded with the children that received those diagnoses mm. because those children years before would still have been in the system and getting those diagnoses at mm. 11, 12 at that transitional stage. Mm. But then they did a massive push in the borough to get those children diagnosed before they started school. So those children now have flooded all of the services. So they caused an awareness, it babe. and they haven't, oh, Yeah, what they've done is they've caused it and they haven't planned for that amount of children no. To be in the system, so they haven't yeah. they haven't done the balance the like services. A TikTok and it really triggered me. I, I forgot to send it to you, and it was a girl saying, and she's a teacher. She's like, I've been a teacher for like twelve years. I was a TA before that, so I've been like, you know, in the education what where do system. I mean? <laughs> system like as a teacher or an educator for like how many years? And she went, "What is going on with the children of millennials?" Because she was like, before you would have a class of 30 and maybe like two or three that were struggling. Now you've got a class of 30 and there's only two or three that are actually meeting target and the rest of them are struggling. And she's like, what is it? Like, what is what has happened? 
in the last generation that's made these children like it is it gentle parenting is it the pandemic is it screen time like what is going on I think it's a mixture of things but yeah. because obviously the guy the guy isn't it like leaders are in schools yeah so because of that you've got more children in the community for Mm. want of a better word you've got early early intervention early support you've got it's not easier to get diagnosed but it's easier to be believed once you get your foot in the door yeah and i think more more and more people are aware so Whereas, like, a friend of mine who is in something else that we do, she got on to her help is to her, had a really hard time, but she would not stop banging that door down until she was seen by a paediatrician, her yeah. something, because she knew the journey we'd been through with Tommy. And I think more people were, and because yeah. mainstreams don't have the funding, they don't have the support they're not the teachers don't necessarily have the right training five ten years ago it was the naughty kids we can't control them or out of sight out of mind it's very much in the forefront of people's minds these days I think and the problem is as well is a lot of children who were labeled naughty children parents aren't tolerating it whereas I think back to when I was at secondary school. So you're going back, what, 16, 17 years since I left? Five kids in my English class were labelled as the naughty... How old are you, Danielle? 31. All right. Me and Danielle, me, Danielle and Corinne are all the same age. And then we're the oldies. Nearly, I'm the baby. In June. June, she's 30 this year. Yeah, I'm 32 in April. So um, officially well, our birthdays are bang on each other, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what it is. There's more known about it. And I think, I don't know. Do you know what? Me and Luke We're a pushy generation, it. aren't we? I don't, not a pushy generation in a bad thing, but I think, I don't, we seem to be a generation that won't take no for an answer. Not yeah. if no is genuinely the right answer, but we're, Whereas before, like, when we were real with kids, my mum would always be worried about being like, I don't quite believe that, I want a second opinion. And it's only because of what happened to my uncle. He passed away when he was 13. The doctor misdiagnosed him, told my nan it was the flu, it wasn't, it was meningitis. And he died 20 minutes later after the doctor walked out of the house. Like, we're going back to the early 80s. So there was a huge thing, like, my nan would always say to my mum, if you're not happy with how the girls are, push it. But my mum said they were of the generation that if that hadn't have happened to Tom, she wouldn't have been so forceful. Whereas, for me, it doesn't matter if it's Tommy or a friend's child or it doesn't matter whether they've got any additional needs or not. I'm like, if you're not happy, you need to speak up, get a second opinion. And I wonder if Maybe that's why, because I don't think it's any more prevalent. And it pisses me off that it's it's the lazy parenting, it's the screen Mm. time. You've got the parents that go out clubbing. And I think that doesn't, it's genetic. I just think it's it's more known about. There's a lot of people that, it's like I first started, so when I first started talking about um, neurodivergence and so on, nobody else really was. Yeah. As time has gone on, more and more people are. And from the first time I posted when Chase was very, very first diagnosed, I did a really long Facebook post and 
after I did that, loads of people reached out and they were like, oh my God, I watched your post. Um, can you tell me more? Because I've also noticed these things in my children. And it's a ripple effect because then they're sharing their experience and more and more and more people are hearing exactly. about our experiences and it's resonating with them. Mm-hmm. And that's all it takes. Awareness leads to people. Rec- like I got late diagnosed because I was raising awareness and learned stuff myself. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I've had that friends really that I went to school with friends whose kids they recognize things that I speak about Mm -hmm. and then their children go and get diagnosed or people that were in my class at school one girl lives in Australia and she's now been diagnosed just from hearing and raising awareness and it's social media because we're able that's how we've all met raising of awareness and that is all it takes is hearing about people's um situations and mm. not thinking that actually you know you watch rain man and that is what autism is is yeah. hearing that actually you know there's women out there who present in a different way there's children that and then learning what a spectrum is and that yeah. is why i believe there is so many more people now because a right. few years ago they would have been labeled as naughty or yeah. maybe a bit weird or a bit shy or, mm-hmm. or whatever exactly but it's not your family so i've said this to yeah so you I go think your... that there's there's more people being diagnosed and that's fantastic. And I think that shows real growth, doesn't it, in the way that we're studying autism, what we're finding mm-hmm. out about autism uh, and, and other things. But everything else I feel needs to catch up. I agree. All of those <laughs> services because, Amber, you're not stressed out, upset and tired tonight because your kid's autistic. You're stressed out, upset and tired tonight because you're not supported. Because the services are not there. Exactly. The world around us, that's not... Not the children that we have, it's the services. We cannot raise our children on our own, yeah? So the services that should be there to help us raise our children, to help them have experiences, enjoy the world, achieve things... Yeah. ...and live their best lives are not quite there. And if they are, it's not even across the UK, and it should be because all, all of our children have an equal right to that help. Parent guilt, parent burnout, parents to be upset, parents to feel like they're failing, which ultimately rots you with those early years and those experiences that you should have. But it will add to your resilience as a parent, I think, and Mm -hmm. uh, then you'll celebrate later on down the line. So it it will even out. Mm. But it's the services and you know, if they if they knew that they were going to have a really big push on early diagnosis for children, which then raises the percentage of children that are in those services, they knew they were doing that. Why did they not plan forward to raise the services by that amount? Because yeah, they're they reactive, they aren't they? No, they're crap. Yeah. But they're they're, crap. they react. They don't. They're never proactive. It's like yeah, yeah. with it's what's going crisis. on in Kent, isn't yeah. it? With the Katie model, we won't be proactive and get things. It's okay. No. We'll throw this out there and then. I don't, feel like they're I don't feel like they're reacting. I spoke to um someone in a CAMS team not too long ago and they said, I don't know what's going on. The numbers are going up. The demand is going up, but mm-hmm. they're reducing our resources. And well, we so can't they have it. to because it's going to, you know, the reality is that no one's speaking about it and they need to. The reality is all of those services are going bankrupt. They yeah. have to do this. Because if they don't, there will not be any services at all. And rather than holding their hands up and being honest about it and saying, we have run this into the ground, 
We are mm. not planning financially. We have ruined this for everyone. We need to scrap it and start again. They won't. They will do the British upper lip, keep proud, keep getting it wrong. And in the end, there won't end up being a service. So mm -hmm. rather than having a national crisis about it and saying, do you know what? This is in such a mess. We're never going to be able to save it, but we're going to be really transparent with you so that everyone can have a good idea of how big the problem is. Yeah. So that then we all go, okay, well, it ain't their fault. They're, they are trying, but they don't do that. They're proud. They showboat. They, and then, and then the lying comes and then people uh -huh. trust them. 